What is this? What is this? I, what is this? I think I'm, I think I'm dead. I think I, 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 I think I've died. I think I'm dead. Who's there? Hello? Hey, this is Postmates. I think I'm, I think I'm, I think I, I think I've died. Uh, I think I, I think I'm dead. I think I've died. I have a delivery order for a Tony Podesta. I, 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 I'm, hello? Mr. Podesta, are you there? I'm the end of the world. It's the end. It's it's the end of the world. I'm the big bad Penrose wolf wearing the flesh of fallen angels. I have a Postmates order. Five fresh cheese pizza. The flesh. The flesh of fallen angels. One pizza with pineapple as a topping and 16 hot dogs with no buns? It's the end of the world. Tony, is that you? Hello? Okay. Yeah, I'm just going to leave your food here, sir. Thank you for using Postmates. Remember, you can rate and tip through the app. The Flash! Beelzebub! Asmodeus! Baphomet! Lucifer! Loki! Cthulhu! Lilith! Hera! Blood given to you all! Mythic wolves! Let loose to devour the sun and the moon! Lupio is the wolf! Big bad Fenris Wolf. I'm the end of the world, man. Wearing the flesh of fallen angels. Hey, everybody. It's Podgebowl. We're that podcast you're listening to right now. It's Friday, March 31st. And you're listening to the new episode. I'm your host, Michael Elmley. Join Derek, our co-host Derek. How you doing, Mike? Doing great. Everything good? Everything's good with me. Yeah. Hasn't been such a good day for Michael Flynn. Nope. Hasn't been a good month for Adam Schiff. Definitely not. Two names though that are dominating the news recently, especially over this current week, yeah. along with House Representative Devin Nunez, chair of the House. Intelligence uh, community. So I hear, yeah, they're not having the best week, are they? Look, this is uh, the 9,000-pound elephant in the room that none of them want to talk about, and it's the fallout from Vault 7, and it's the fallout from the WikiLeaks uh, documents just released as well. Right. And they're just completely avoiding the topic. They're avoiding the topic discussing the topic in the only ways that they can and doing the the damage control that's necessary but mm-hmm. essentially what we have is and, and look it, this is not a partisan issue right no it's not because we got people on both sides both from the, the the house intelligence committee and the senate intelligence committee that oversaw this happening allowed it to happen but under Obama, we built up this $100 billion cyber weapons arsenal. Yeah. And it got stolen by nobody knows who. Nobody knows. Yeah. Got auctioned by nobody knows who. Right. To nobody knows who. Yeah. And look, $100 billion in cyber weapons obviously can do a tremendous amount more in damage. May already have have done that in damage. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You know, there could have been corporate espionage, state espionage, done using these tools that we wouldn't even know about. 
and the victims might not even know about, might not even know that it happened to them. Yeah, they might not find out until it's just way too late. Right. Any ideas as to, like, specifically, we don't even know what it was. We don't even know what the arsenal was, right? Actually, like, we do. Yeah. We do? Okay. Vault 7 had the, like, training and, like, overview documents for all these tools. Oh, wow. Yeah, so... So, we so what are we looking at? Uh, just every every computer system compromise. Yeah. yeah. Anything with a quad-core i3, i5, i7 processor. Right. Anything running any Unix-like operating system, so 99.8% yeah of uh of everything <laughs> that's all of us right yeah <laughs> well it's every business and government too yeah that's the big one um so they have it now somebody has it somewhere yeah and and, and, and so like like okay let's look at shift specifically okay so shifts are congressman yes and shift got essentially thrust into the spotlight uh, by the people around him because Schiff was the top dog overseeing all this and then it happened and then not only did it happen it got reported on right yeah. that, that, that's the big thing yeah because now it's a story that's too big and has legs and doesn't want to go away right it's not going to go away so Schiff has to be the head spin master on this right and he's doing a good job now right you think so well, okay, we live in the district. We know that there's not people in the streets calling uh, for him to be replaced. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, but it's it's not good. And the thing with Flynn right now it seems to me to be another distraction, mm -hmm. another way, another stalling technique, right? Because mm -hmm. right now the Democrat main goal is to stall Trump and stall his agenda for two years. Yeah. To make it to the midterms and then say, look, he didn't accomplish anything in two years because we stalled him. So yeah. vote for us uh, instead. That, 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 that's their game plan at the moment. Which is kind of crazy, man. It's crazy that this is the natural course that politics just plays. This was their point of criticism for the last eight years, right? Anything they tried to do, the right just to try to postpone and, and block it. And then now they're in the opportunity where they're just doing the exact same thing. Yeah. And the issue, though, is uh, for them is all these people now have scandals attached to them. Yeah. Right, which the Republican obstructionists didn't. Yeah. They just had, uh, you know, seniority and very entrenched positions. Yeah, it seemed like the criticism was all about their ideology, yeah. not <laughs> the kind of stuff they were getting involved with. Right. Right. Yeah, I see that for sure. And and, and so, you know, what this, ha what this is becoming more and more apparent to me is an, another... Democrat projection, hmm. right? So you have legislators and members of the Obama administration that were involved in some very shady dealings, potentially criminal or potentially unconstitutional dealings, mm -hmm. and got exposed. And so now they, they already control the media, but they have to fill the media with a, a compelling and a convincing narrative, mm -hmm. right? So they have to dwarf 
the scandal they're embroiled in. Yeah. With something bigger. So they manufacture a scandal. Man. But there's no getting away from it. Eventually it's going to come out. I mean, it's already out online. But it, it just hasn't hit the airwaves yet. And even online, when you're talking about the big sources, they're really not even talking about it either. Yeah, the problem that they have with this narrative is they're never going to be able to come to voters with a convincing uh, story for why should I hate Russia so much? Hmm. Why should I be so distrusting of Russia? Yeah, Would and you? and it's funny because that's all the that's the only question you need to ask, and their their arguments just crumble. Well, they, well, they have them, but they all, they f- fall to uh, a specific kind of whataboutism. So they can say, "Well, Russia has horrible uh, record on LGBT rights," hmm. and so you say, "Okay, but Clinton took money from Saudi governments that have even worse record." Mm-hmm. So you, you, there's a strong bit of hypocrisy there. Mm-hmm. So they, they, they have paper arguments. And it, it's good enough to control the airways in the meantime. Yeah. To fill it with, uh, to fill the time uh, with a good story. And then they're praying other things develop or that this somehow scares people into leaking other stuff. Right. Like, if the thing is true where Flynn gets some kind of prosecutorial immunity for whatever he might have did, whatever he might be accused of doing that he didn't do. Emphasis on if it's true. Yeah. Then... But like what? What could he have done? What could he possibly have done? Like since when was it illegal to speak with Russian ambassadors? It's not. What they're eventually going to try to pin on him is the the entirety of all the online efforts. The election stuff, yeah. Right, they're going to try to pin the WikiLeaks release. Right. They're going to try to pin... Clinton losing on every social media front. All right. They're going to try to pin Clinton cash, all these investigative reports and into Clinton, like Project Veritas. They're going to try to link all this stuff back to Russia. Yeah. And they'll find the most thin and tenuous links possible for all of it, just to say, look, it's all of it. Yeah. And... But I mean, if you're th- if you just for a second consider what those types of arguments would possibly sound like, they kind of sound asinine. It's like what, the, what, they're, what they're looking to do is to give Democrat voters yeah. a way to uh, dismiss their peers with conflicting ideas because they'll be able to point to this and then, then just say, look, you're just repeating Russian propaganda. The people you listen to are Russian influencers. They're Russian agents manipulating you. That's the end game. That's the uh, goal is to character assassinate all like, conservative journalists right. as 
either willing conspirators or victims of Russian propaganda. Yeah, but I mean, that, that that's all well and good. I mean, this is politics. It's a dirty game. But the problem with it is that the people that the right, we, the people we've been listening to, we've been listening to for 10 plus years. <laughs> These aren't new people who came out of nowhere and all of a sudden we've been fooled by the Russians. No, these are people who have uh, crossed, uh, gone way past political lines. Right, but they're not trying to convince you. They're trying to convince people you might be able to convince. Yeah, that's the the it's a they're they're in like the containment stage now. They're like shit. This new style of ideology and rhetoric kind of came out of nowhere, amplified by this internet thing that we didn't really understand. Mm -hmm. And so now we got to control the internet thing, and then we also got to contain the ideology. And then discredit the people at the top so that we can discredit everybody under them. So hopefully they just leave and then come back to our preferred politics. Yeah. Yeah, and and the scheme of their argument is kind of sadistic in a way because we know we know through some of those projects that there is a hierarchical order to, when it comes to. Um, projects that are that are coordinated from the left we know there's individuals like soros who are like funding all of these projects right and so the fact that they're trying to project that framework onto their political rivals is kind of sadistic in a way and it's almost insulting to the people they're almost coming out and saying hey you guys are so stupid you're gonna follow this narrative no matter what we tell you yeah, well, they, they want to point uh, to the smart marks and say, yeah, look, we're dirty and we're underhanded, but the other side is worse, right? Yeah. So you got to let us do our dirty underhanded stuff just so that you, with your ideas, uh, even have a platform to stand on. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it's, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't mean to go back to the election because, you know, what happened happened but uh, we kind of saw this during the election too right with with all the sexual abuse stuff we saw the the media our media right come out and and explain to us how there have been certain nefarious uh events that transpired on in the history of the candidates on from the left and then immediately the news reports came out alleging those same acts from donald trump yeah, exactly. <laughs> with, with, with Epstein and the Lolita right, Express. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, it seems to be like a strategy that they implement. Oh, of course it is. Of yeah. course it is. And the thing with electronic surveillance—that's one of the you know cruxes of like the next era of it, right? Mm. Any but like, look, if, if you can go through anybody's life and then cut down like a five-minute uh, edited down compilation clip. Of just them doing all the, the like most offensive shit or like horrible shit they've ever done in their life, <laughs> you can make anybody look like a monster. Yeah. Right. So right. If, so you have that, and then anyone you don't like, you can just silence. Mm-hmm. You, you 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 can paint them in in the very worst light possible. So what do you think about Schiff as a person? Do you, do you think that he's... I, I think Schiff as a person is terrified that the system he built can now be turned and used against him. Right. So it's like uh, he's in like a really huge catch-22. 
because he he doesn't want to speak out against like the thing he built that can destroy him now. Yeah. They 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 can destroy the entire globalist machine, right? Because like, if Trump turned Prism and the wiretapping systems and X key score and all this against George Soros and the Open Society Foundation, the Clinton Initiative, and the Democratic Party leadership, you know, that's a that's yeah, checkmate. It, it's checkmate for them. Um. And it's why it's so critically important for them to try to prove, uh, 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 however they're they're trying to attempt to, that they didn't do this against Trump. Hmm. Right? Because if it's proved that it was done against Trump, then Trump has his argument for doing it against them. And obviously that's far, far, far worse. Hmm. Right? Because they did, what, 10 years of wiretapping on Trump. The worst they found was the Billy Bush tape. Right. Uh, you can do 10 minutes of wiretapping on the other side, you're going to find far worse. Hold on. I just kind of had a revelation here. Yeah. Do you think, do you think that maybe that's how they got the recording? No. No, no right? It was no. just the lone, lone guy who did that. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> My conspiracy theorist antenna was going off. Yeah, that guy probably tried to sell it to TMZ first, and they were just like, uh... <laughs> We'll give you 50K for it. Yeah, we don't really care about this. Yeah. Yeah. And then David Rock was like, okay, I'll give you the cold hard million. <laughs> right. So in, in your mind, there's no doubt that these allegations from Trump are true. Yeah, there's no doubt. Right. I mean, in, in my mind, it's been proven already. Because mm-hmm. what? They wiretapped everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when I initially saw the infamous tweet, yeah. the now infamous tweet, that's that's all pretty much what I took it as as a uh, as a statement made not in uh, not intended to be supported by evidence, but intended to demonstrate a bigger picture that many Americans didn't know. Which was that this surveillance, this type of surveillance, this degree of surveillance, had been going on for almost a decade. Right. It it it, it was an attempt, immediately a successful attempt to get the media talking about this one specific incident. Right. So that then the big story, of this being done to everybody, can dominate the national conversation. Because when the Snowden leaks came out, it it was around for like a week or so. Yeah. But it wasn't a big story. There was no congressional investigation into anything. Yeah. Nobody on Capitol Hill was really talking about it for more than a few days. But now, with, with Trump at the head of it and Trump proclaiming himself as a victim of it, now it, now it has to be. Now it has to be the topic of discussion. Yeah. Hmm. It's an interesting strategy that President Trump's taking on this too, because he could very well just come on live television and be the voice of reason for the American people. And he could really bring people together against an evil that exists in the world. He has that power to do that. 
And if he does that, all criticism stop. Because if they criticize, then he'll just come out and answer them. So you think he needs to take a more direct approach? I don't know. I, I don't know. But I think if he does, I mean, he's done it before. Before he was president, we have so many sound bites of him on different TV programs, talking about really important stuff, going on talk shows, talking about really important stuff. Especially right after 9-11. We've all heard it online. All the stuff that he would say about foreign policy, so on and so forth. He's a well-spoken guy. And it seems like once he came into office, he goes in... He, it's interesting because he does these two types of speeches, right? He goes in front of thousands of people, tens of thousands of people. And when he's really feeling it, he's going off the cuff and he's, he's making these points and everyone's loving it. And then he has these speeches that are, that are much more televised on a national scale. And he's just reading off a teleprompter. So do you think he's being too controlled by his advisors? I don't... Being too restricted? He could be, but he's a really smart guy. He might, this might just be his plan. It yeah. might be something that I'm not seeing. Yeah. What do you think? I think Trump is following the idea that success is largely the sum of the mistakes that your opponents make against you. Oh, okay. And by taking a more passive stance at this time, he opens congressional Democrats like Schiff and Feinstein up to making large mistakes. And then having to take the fall for it. Where, Almost like a game theory perspective. Yeah, whereas if he like comes at him head on, then he makes them heroic uh, opposition against what they can paint as like his tyrannical regime. Right, they become the David to his Goliath. Hmm. If he's if he's very. Uh, aggressive with it that's interesting but by by distancing himself with it speaking through surrogates then he almost rejects that onto them now now they're shadowy and cloaky and shifty and unpredictable and not to be trusted yeah and oh, man the media is really making it seem like He's the David in that situation. He's, he's lost both attempts at his uh, immigration reform. Mm -hmm. He didn't win with his, uh, his bill, his health bill. He's really taking that standpoint, yeah. that position. <clears throat> well, so with the immigration reform, I think what got exposed was... how entrenched liberal judges are in the judicial system. Yeah. And how big of an appointment uh, of a problem that can be. And it did expose a way for democratic leadership to really slow down his agenda. But it, it, it exposed a problem that can now be dealt with. Right. And it, it exposed it quickly. It could be dealt with. I mean, like, judici judicial activism, like what we've seen here, where they go to p other political figures, 
take their talking points and associate it to the intent and the motive behind an executive order is like it's something that the supreme court has been talking about for decades they've all been worried about it everyone's always been worried about its existence and now it just seems like they don't care it, it can be reacted to while they still have control of the legislature right Right. because you, you look at the judge's decision and how they interpreted the law and then you can change the law mm-hmm. so the the interpretation you want is the one that prevails the one that's written into the law mm-hmm. so they, they have limited time to deal with it right trump's only got the legislature unlocked for two years yeah so the more problems he can expose that would arise from the judiciary the quicker his legislature can fix those problems hmm. yeah so it's good that he's tackling these issues head on in the first couple of months of his presidency right because he really only has about like not even uh the full 24 months he only has really like 16 months mm-hmm. until the the next cycle of elections right and he, and even there there's kind of a a problem too because these judges don't seem to be really coming out and saying okay this one aspect of this proposal is the problem fix this problem you'll fix your proposal they're they're almost coming out and it seems like they're saying that your intent is causing the proposal to fail (laughs) you have to change who you are because we don't trust who you are on its face it may seem okay as applied, it's it's that's where the problem lies. They're they're pointing at people and saying, "Look, this guy so and so said this, and therefore we believe that you hate this group of people, and that's the real intent behind your actions." Yeah, the yeah yeah, uh, I I get what you're saying, and. That that like that that just uh, it's such a slippery slope argument and it's so dangerous. Oh yeah. To take comments out of one context and then say that okay because this law writer said this that the intent of this piece of legislation that's been introduced is now this. Mm-hmm. It's very dangerous. It's definitely an overstep of the judiciary. Yeah. And, and, and it doesn't, and my problem with it, and again, like, there's people who are have crazy expertise on this topic, but it seems like they're not drawing definite boundary lines. And, and, you know, you have uh, judicial scrutiny on certain topics, and usually they're able to point to a problem. Okay, there's a, uh, I don't know, a, an equal protection problem here. This is the issue. This point is the issue because when we use this degree of scrutiny, we recognize this plan to be no good. And then you could take it back to your legislature and you could fix it. But they're not doing that. So what are they doing? 
they're almost it, it seems to me like what they're doing is they're just saying no matter what you do as long as it's in this realm we're going to vote it down because we don't believe no matter how good your proposal is we don't believe that you have the right intent behind it your intent is malicious so how do we deal with this issue of malicious intent i don't know i don't know it, 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 it all i'm saying is it worries me big time because you know sure okay you could have the presidency you could have the legislature but if you have the courts <laughs> i mean okay yeah there's separation of powers true but the courts are big man you almost can't get anything done and in the past like you know the well, okay yeah this didn't make it to the supreme court you know but I don't know, and, and and I read, uh, I don't know if you heard this statistic, but the California District Court that uh, put this temporary restraining order on it, they're like known for getting a bunch of cases overturned at the Supreme Court. That's like what they're known for. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, I, I haven't heard that. Yeah, that, 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 that is a good point about the Supreme Court, though, and that many of these cases haven't made it yet to the Supreme Court, and that Trump is going to be able to tilt the balance of the Supreme Court right. towards a judiciary body that would be sympathetic towards his politics. Yeah. That hasn't happened yet. And maybe maybe that needs to be uh, his next big focus. Mm-hmm. Right? Step back from healthcare and focus on confirming Supreme Court nominations. Yep. Yeah. And that probably... Cause the other thing, too, is, and maybe it won't, but part of me feels like if there can be some big decisions overturned at the Supreme Court level, that it might have a chilling effect on activist judges. Oh, yeah. Maybe not in every district where, especially gerrymandered districts, where they can count on a loyal base of constituents. But in, in many districts, they probably will uh, open judges up to political liability if they're consistently getting political court cases overturned at the Supreme Court level. Because mm-hmm. it is a big waste of taxpayer money issue. Right? Huge. Huge. It, it costs a lot of money to bring cases through court and then bring it out to the Supreme Court, and then in the end, it all just gets overturned. Mm-hmm. So it, their political opponents definitely gain political ammo every time that happens to them yeah you're right i mean it's going to be very interesting to see what happens after this our candidate gets approved for the position right maybe then we'll see a more uh direct approach on these topics right and it it opens up a interesting strategy for republicans heading into the midterms because Maybe they need to pivot funds away from trying to gain more seats, Mm -hmm. focus on keeping seats, but then also focus on some of the judicial battles. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, Really throw a lot of money at negative ads, uh, judges overstepping where the boundaries of their power should be. Yeah. 
and trying to get some more sympathetic actors in there. Right. 